Welcome to the Red Book Handbook. I'm Cheryl Kramer Kay. Each week we cover topics ranging from your health to your sex life to just about anything else we may be thinking about. This week we're tackling readers' tough questions with the help of Karen Carbo, Red Book's advice guru. We'll cover open marriage and children. Then we'll answer a question about whether a reader should cut her mother out of her life. We'll close with what to do about an annoying coworker. Let's start off with the open marriage dilemma. We've gotten a question from a woman who's been married for 10 years. She and her husband have an open relationship. They allow each other affairs now and then as long as they use protection and tell each other what's going on. She says, yes, it sounds crazy, yet it works for us. But we've recently decided to start a family. I realize that with a baby, I won't be able to live that lifestyle anymore. Or will I? I've heard that once there's a baby, it's hard enough to have sex with your own husband. Also, I'd probably start feeling more vulnerable to any affairs he might have. I don't know what to do. I want a baby, but I also want to remain independent and free. Karen Carbo says there's something that Mrs. Anonymous may not be appreciating here. If the main concern is whether you'll be able to continue to enjoy the occasional affair after the baby comes, your head isn't in the right place for you to commit to motherhood just yet. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but you just might not be ready for all of the necessary, staggering, enormous, mind-bending sacrifices. The reality is this. You can't be a good mother and also remain totally independent and free. That's not to say this couple couldn't continue with the open arrangement, but life does change forever once you're a parent. Setting aside all the new things you have to do, your attitudes change as well as your priorities. Suddenly, you're a mother, 24-7. You'll always be thinking about that kid. Thinking, wondering, worrying, aching, hoping. Postpone getting pregnant for a little while until you begin to feel that having a child seems more urgent and important than anything else. If it never does, if you continue to fret about the things a baby will prevent you from doing as opposed to what a baby would add to your life, then perhaps you're not meant to have children. Not everyone is. And with planet Earth staggering under the weight of too many humans as it is, you wouldn't be letting down the species by being a terrific aunt to any nieces or nephews you may have, or mentoring some kids, or perhaps, if your priorities change down the road, even adopting. You're a rebel in your marriage, and there's no reason you can't approach preparing for motherhood in the same way. Hang out for a bit, observe yourself and your feelings, and see what comes. A 55-year-old woman from New Hampshire writes in and asks, When I was a child, my mother was cruel to me and let me know I was nothing to her. As a result, I suffered from emotional illnesses, including post-traumatic stress syndrome and depression. Since age 15, I spent a lot of time in mental institutions thinking something was wrong with me. After years of therapy, it was suggested that I cut ties with my mother. She's now almost 80, and I feel guilty if I don't answer the phone when I hear her voice on the answering machine. But when I do pick up, She tells me what a nothing person I am. I've told her that if she continues to put me down, I won't answer her calls. But then she calls, acting helpless, knowing I'll answer it. And I do. I've tried sharing my feelings with her, but she laughs it off or denies what she did, yells, and hangs up. I've thought about changing my number, but what if she's sick and needs to reach me? Or what if she dies? What should I do? Here's Karen's response. 
First of all, I'm so sorry to hear how difficult things are with your mother. As you probably know from your therapy, she'll never change. Our parents, whether they're good, bad, or simply so irritating that we want to put ourselves up for adoption, are who they are and will be that way until they die. When your mother leaves this earth, most likely you'll still be fuming. To alleviate some of your guilt, she is, after all, your mother, you should figure out what you need to do to feel right about your interactions with her. Rather than allowing her to manipulate you into picking up the phone, perhaps you could turn down the volume on your answering machine, which will mean screening your calls, or simply get voicemail. Then decide to call her every Wednesday and Sunday or whatever to see how she's doing. She may accuse you of not returning her call, but you will be at a time that works for you. The next time she starts putting you down, tell her simply and plainly that you don't like it when she speaks to you that way and that you're hanging up and you'll talk to her later. The thing is, our parents die, every last one of them, whether we're in a state of reconciliation with them or furious at them. You may be around and available to help your mom when she goes, or you may be on a trip to the Grand Canyon. You may be at a movie and have your cell phone off. Do the best you can to be in touch with her, but then, really, you've got to let it go, and yes, let it be. MG from Delaware writes in to ask about her annoying coworker. Here's her question. I just started a new job and work with a woman who's desperate to be my best friend, or maybe my guardian angel. She's always trying to teach me how to do things I clearly already know how to do. She's actually tried to show me how to do a Google search. She also repeats the same stories and instructions over and over. She even affectionately refers to me as her little, like in a sorority, where new inductees are assigned to existing members as their little sisters. Since I'm new at the company, I don't want to judge anyone, but she's really intense and kind of getting on my nerves. How do I let her know that the attention is a little overwhelming without hurting her feelings in case I later want to be friends? Here's what Karen had to say. Ooh, what's with the little thing? I somehow doubt you'll ever want to be friends with this woman. In a perfect world, it would be nice not to judge anyone, but then it would also be nice not to work with people who get on our nerves. The dilemma is age old. You've got something hurtful to communicate. Back off, lady. But you don't want to hurt her. It's impossible for you to have it both ways. Since this is a work-related situation, which brings with it other considerations, it's best to opt for subtlety first. Be polite to her, not particularly friendly, mind your own business, and in general, let her know by your actions that you're not interested in being taken under her wing. Some people will take your behavior for what it is, a signal that you'd rather not reciprocate the friendship at this time. If she isn't one of them, then you're going to have to speak your mind. The next time she tries to show you how to use Google, just say, hey, Lori, thanks, but I've got the hang of stuff around here. I appreciate that you're trying to help, but I think I've got it. There's a good chance that she'll be wounded, but you might be surprised at how well she takes it. In any case, your standing up for yourself will define you in her eyes as an individual, not her little anything. Thanks for downloading this week's podcast. If you want to read all of Karen Carbo's advice, go to redbookmag.com slash Karen Carbo. That's K-A-R-E-N-K-A-R-B-O. And if you've got a question you'd like us to answer, just email it to us at askusanything at redbookmag.com. 
you don't have to give your name and we won't do anything with your email address. 